Cap and Jay Hood. Follow Cap J. Hood on Twitter and Instagram. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app on ESPN 1000. And now on FM at 100.3 HD2. Now, now, now. On Chicago's home for sports. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. First and goal. Four-yard line. Fake to Cook. Cousins, end zone, touchdown, Adam Thielen. Second and goal, Madison, he's in for a Vikings touchdown. Boyle under pressure. Oh, boy. And this pass is picked off. Patrick Peterson, 34th interception of his career. (laughs) On third down, Madison in. For his second touchdown today. He was number one. Fourth and 20. Mills buying some time, fires towards the end zone, and it is caught. Oh, my word. Improbable. Akins, who will pick first in the draft. Mills to the end zone. It's caught. Akins. And the Houston Texans have retaken the lead. And the Chicago Bears have just, as improbable as it may have been at the beginning of the day, the Bears have just clinched the number one pick in the upcoming NFL draft. It's a new era for the Chicago Bears. We've got the number one draft pick, and we're talking about it on the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show. On ESPN 1000, streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. Oh, God! Welcome into to our Bears Monday with David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. We've got Shay, we've got Charlie, we got Johnny, and we got you for a three-hour ride. One open phone lines for you at 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number cap. We've got the number one pick. All of the losses, all of the tumult, all of the issues with this football team. And it ends up being the number one pick for the Chicago Bears. It is a new era of Bears football, as you just said. This is the biggest 12 months in Chicago sports history. I'll lay out my case. One, you are picking at the top of the draft for the first time since 1947. Some people are Cubs fans. Some people are White Sox fans. The hiring of Theo was massive, but it wasn't to White Sox fans. It was to Cubs fans. Hockey, enough said. There are fans. It's not at the top of the food chain. The Bulls, again, not at the top of the food chain. Just look at all the ratings for different broadcasts. So when you look at what the Bears can do, They are building a new stadium, it looks like. And at the end of 23, they said by the end of this year, they will have closed on the property to then design their stadium. Get that done. That's one. 
Two, you're picking at the top of the freaking draft. Three, you have another year to develop your franchise quarterback. So at the end of the day, as you called it, a new era of Bears football is upon us, and they have an unbelievable opportunity. No question about that. This new-look Bears team has a GM and a head coach that completed their first year. And we have plenty of time between now and the draft and all throughout the offseason to talk about what the GM did and did not do. Same thing with the head coach. The Bears have to hire a new team president. The Bears have stacks among stacks among stacks of money when it comes to free agency. It's not even close between the number one and number two teams in the National Football League as far as how much money they have to spend for a free agency. The stadium development is just going to be great because even we saw on the news and we saw online what the new stadium could look like on the inside. And, oh, yeah, did I mention that the Bears have the number one pick? All eyes, Cap. All eyes will be on the Bears organization and see how competent this new era Bears team is going to look and how this organization is going to be. And I didn't even add in the new team president, which will be a massive hire. It will also, the hire will tell you how they're doing business. Because if they go to the shop, as you like to call it, at the top shelf, it's going to cost you north of $6 million to get a team president. That's what Kevin Warren makes with the Big Ten. Sure. That's what Jim Phillips makes with the ACC. So if you're going to go get somebody with a proven track record as a leader, then you're going to spend significant money. It will tell you all you need to know about how they're going to do business. What they do with this pick will probably impact Bears football for the rest of our lives, at least as broadcasters, because it's at least another decade. If they get it right, mm-hmm. you flip the fortunes of your franchise. If you miss, you're just another bad Bears organization. The Bears had to walk through so much glass. They're walking through it right now. Now, will you be able to come out on the other side whole? Think about this. This season, we saw Justin Fields get sacked a franchise record 55 times. The Bears are going to finish with the fewest sacks in the league uh, with a meager 20. It had the NFL's worst passing offense. The Bears finished with the league's second worst run defense. And oh, by the way, just three wins over 18 weeks for this team in his first year for change. Adam Johns documented a lot of this uh, on TheAthletic.com, just talking about all the things that happened with this football team. As I mentioned, Cap, you're walking through glass. And boy, we sat here every Bears Monday after every Bears game looking at this and saying, this isn't right. This isn't going in the right direction. But this is by design. And let's kind of document, because I know that there are a lot of Bears fans listening this morning and watching on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. That's where we can watch this show and all the shows. Cap, we should document why this feels different than the other general managers, because as we talked about, talked about right before the show, the difference to me between this era of Bears football and the others is those other GMs did not have the autonomy to be able to level the franchise. It was always, yeah, we could just be able to patch this up. We'll work with this quarterback. We work with these defensive players. We'll work with these offensive players. We'll just add on to what you already have. Ryan Poles comes in and levels the franchise. He gets rid of what I would consider some popular players, especially on the defensive side of the football. He was able to get rid of a wide receiver that underachieved on, on those football team and started fresh. The other GMs did not have the opportunity to start fresh and say, 
we're going to start from the bottom and work our way up. The other ones had to kind of piecemeal the teams together. We should go to those GMs and kind of document why this feels different than the others. Well, when you interviewed Chris Ballard, and you could say what you want about him, he was a candidate for the job when Pace got it. What's the first thing you're going to do? I'm releasing Jay Cutler tomorrow. We're eating the dead cap and getting him out of here. That was what George was told, McCaskey, at the interview. Yeah, thanks, Chris. You're out. So Pace had to swallow hard, take the job, keep Jay. Uh, we're, I'm going to hire so-and-so. No, we want you. You're a young guy. We want you to hire John Fox. Okay. And now Ryan made more than his share of missteps at the top of the draft. We've chronicled those. Mm-hmm. He's out. Now you bring in this guy and you say, okay, we want you. Minnesota's interviewing him and a couple of, uh, that was at Cleveland. Somebody else yep. was interviewing him. And he said, okay, if I take this job, you get out of my way. I'm trading Mac. I'm taking the dead cap hit now, $64 million mm-hmm. or whatever it was. I'm getting rid of Roquan. We're not paying him. I'm getting rid of Robert Quinn. As you said, Alan Robinson. And I'm not bringing anyone in to replace those guys. We are going to have a horrifically bad season. It's all a means to the end, a new era of Bears football. That's a selling point, though, if you're Ryan Poles. And clearly George McCaskey was all about it because he picked him up from the airport. Right. With the uh, <laughs> Candy August sign from his hometown. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. right. So, so think about that. I mean, because always in the interview process, it's like, okay, so what could you do to help our Chicago Bears team? Do you think we have talent? Oh, yeah, we got talent. Oh, absolutely. We could be able to build on this. Every GM has said that in this town. They come in and they try to BS George McCaskey and or Ted Phillips to make it seem like, oh, yeah, you know what? We got talent. We just got to get the right coaching and just got. No. Ryan Poles is like, if you want to win, we have to start from the beginning. And that's exactly what's happened with this Bears team. Because, and again, as you just laid out for us, Cap, all these other GMs are like, well, we could just be able to maybe put a finger here and be able to change this and change that and just kind of build on the message you already had. And we've had some calls this past season for the Bears now that said, you know, you should have kept Mack and should have kept Hicks and kept those guys. Right, kept you Ron were Smith. in some tight games. Yeah, at the, but at the same time, you were losing with those guys. Correct. So it didn't really make a difference. Correct. So this is why this is so big for the Chicago Bears, that not just because they have the number one pick. I, As I've told you a lot this season, I'm interested in the free agency money. I'm interested in that. I want to see where they spend it and where they allocate their, their money when it comes to trying to make the team better. I'm very interested on day one when we get that message from Schefter or from Courtney Cronin or whatever, who is the Bears going to be able to get first? I'm very interested in that. So you have a various scenarios. You can stay in that position and take Will Anderson, Jalen Carter. We're going to get to watch both tonight. Mm -hmm. So I highly recommend, whether you're a college football fan or not, Hoodie's heart's racing 400 beats a minute because his Georgia Bulldogs are playing tonight for another national title. I think it's going to be a hell of a game. I don't think it's a blowout. We'll see. I'll just take the victory how it comes. Right. You would take 31-30 right now. Go dogs. We'll see. But Jalen Carter, number 88. For Georgia. Mm-hmm. What numbers will Anderson wear? Will Anderson will watch him as for, well. Um, oh, he's not tonight. No, but, you, but, but he's part he, of the draft process. But he's he. it's one of those two. Mm-hmm. Agreed? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, then you could not take a defensive player. You could trade Justin Fields, get a haul back. Somebody would give you a lot, 
and then take Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, or Will Levis, one of the three highest-rated quarterbacks. Or build around your quarterback and trade back, which is my scenario, and I think yours, and get a haul back, and let's go. However it goes, I want what's best for Justin Fields with him being on the football team. I don't see the scenario of Fields no longer being with the team. I don't see that. I don't either, but you have to do your due diligence. Well, sure. If somebody's willing to give you what you think is a haul for him, you have to look. I'm a Justin guy. Yep. But if somebody calls you up, what if the Indianapolis Colts called you and said, we'll give you our number one pick, which is four, and we'll give you Quentin Nelson or DeForest Buckner? you got to listen to that. You, you listen. I'm sure that Poles is already taking phone calls on all of this. I just don't want the Bears to out-dumb the rumor or try to out-clever anyone. I just want them to be able to look at their process and build around Justin Fields. Because, as we know in this league, it is very difficult to find the guy or find someone you feel you can mold and shape. I just don't want them to be able to okey-doke this and just try to out-cute everybody. Just be able to build around someone that you believe in. If they believe in Justin Fields, go forth with it. That's what I'm looking at. And I'm also looking at the free agency money because, to me, when the Bears are at around $120 million, 118, 120, and then the next team after that is the Falcons at 69, you have a boatload of cash to be able to spend here. I'm looking forward to that. Watch number 88 tonight. He is what's called a three technique. He is a monster in the middle of the Georgia defensive line. He is going to be one of the top four guys in this draft. And he fits a vital need in Matt Eberflus's defense. So just watch him. Is there a way to get him and a hall of picks to give up number one? Because he's probably not going one. We'll find out. All right. Uh, Shane, let's open the phone lines at 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. So the Bears lost to the Vikings yesterday, but they got the number one pick in the draft. What do you want them to do with it? We want to get your thoughts when you found out it's the number one pick. What was your initial reaction to yesterday as the Bears are had the number one pick in the NFL draft? Let's talk about it. It's a new era for the Chicago Bears. We're talking about it on Chicago's Home for Sports. Captain Jay Hood. That's why. Good morning and welcome in to the Cap'n J. Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. We got Shay, we got Charlie, we got Johnny, we got you here on this Bears Monday as the Bears have the number one pick in the draft. 312-332-3776. Good morning, Twitch. Twitch.tv forward slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Thanks for keeping the conversation going. As we talk about the Bears still to come, we'll hear from Courtney Cronin coming up at 835 with her thoughts about the Bears. And now we turn to Shot or No Shot, and it's brought to you by... Thank you, Secretariat. We say good morning to our guy Snorling, and we welcome him into a Victory Monday. We didn't win yesterday, but we kind of did. We're the number one team in the draft. So, new era of Bears football. Snorling. I said brought to you by... Here's Snorling. It's brought to you by me. I got to tell you quickly, and I'll get right into Shadow No Shot after this, but I had my first... 
I had my first communal Bears experience yesterday. Uh, I was at the game, and then leaving the game, we got on the bus, and everybody's watching the Texans game, or they're trying to stream it on Red Zone somehow, any way that they can. And I'm sitting there, and I'm getting Albert Breer tweet alerts. And Breer is live tweeting the end of the game. So he tweets, Texans touchdown. I say it to the people who are delayed on the Red Zone stream, and everybody on the bus cheers. Then I say they got the two-point, and the bus goes nuts. (laughs) So... Victory Monday, absolutely. Did you tape that for, like, a wild scenario? Should have got the phone off. Were you with your wife? Yeah, I was with my wife. Had one of you filming that. That would have gone viral, kid. I was, I'm too busy. I was trying to stream the game myself, and then I'm getting the tweet alerts about it. I want to see what happened. I should have my wife record it. Yes. It was, it was an odd bus experience. Maybe we'll get to that. But Ryan, I want to get into Shutter No Shot here. Ryan Poles tore down the Bears roster. He traded away the best defensive players, and he ate a lot of money to do so, almost $90 million in cap to trade away these guys. The reward now is the number one pick in the draft. So Shot or No Shot, this season can be called a success for the Bears. Uh, I, I mean, as far as what they want to do, you could say as a success. Uh, obviously, three and fourteen is not a successful season. If their objective was to tank, or the objective is to try to get as close to number one pick as possible, sure. But as far as a successful season, no, you're three and fourteen. That's not success. I mean, a- ask a company what's it like to be able to be at a loss in the red, and it's oh well, you know, tomorrow will be brighter. Well, today is bleak. So that's a no shot for me. That's not three and 14 stinks, no matter how you look at it. Now, what do you do with that three and 14? That's perspective. Right. This is the first time the Bears will pick number one since 1947. So in the modern era, they've gotten the two. Mm -hmm. They have never gotten the number one pick. And let's hope that they never again get the number one pick based on record. Maybe you trade for it. That's a different argument. So I'm going to say shot that it was a successful season because you have Justin Fields, who you believe in, and you're picking at the top of the draft, and you have all this cap space, and it looks like your stadium project is moving in the right direction, and you're going to hire a new president. Now, what you do with all that remains to be seen, but at this point in time, shot, it was successful. You know, some of that you could have got even not being 3-14 and 14, that you just listed. Yeah, you get a new president, don't have to be 3 and 14. You get your new stadium, don't need to be 3 and 14. You already had your franchise quarterback in place. You didn't have to be 3 and 14 and get his head kicked in. Got your money. You got all that money by doing, well, you kind of got the 3 and 14 because you gave away everybody off the roster that was worth a blank. That's true. So, yeah, you could have got some of this. The bottom line is it's successful based on what you were trying to do. Shay. And they found Jack Sanborn. Oh. Victory season. Oh. Can't wait to see him back on the field. Yes. Oh. Uh, Ryan Poles will address. It's the Jack Sanborn show. Yeah. <laughs> we're the me, Daddy. We're, we're from the Gale Street Inn. Back after this. <laughs> Cannot wait, man. Cannot wait for the Jack Sanborn great. show. Get it done, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Ryan Poles will address the media today and maybe provide some hints to the offseason plan. But we have to assume with the number one pick, the Bears are open for business. So shot or no shot, they should field calls for Justin Fields. That's a shot. You field calls for everything on your roster. You're 3-14. and 14. You're the worst team in the National Football League. 
that's a fact. Mm-hmm. That's why you're at the top of the roster, uh, top of the draft lottery. So either trade Justin for a haul and go draft a new QB, or dra- uh, trade the pick to someone else who wants a QB, or take a generational player in Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, or whoever else you identify. That's your option. You don't turn down anything but the covers. That is for sure. However, for me, yeah, you take all the phone calls that come in because you want to find out your options. But for me, Justin Fields is that guy for the Chicago Bears because it's so difficult. Cap, you know, it, everybody's not blessed to have a Brock Purdy to right. be able to go in and be like, okay, here's the system, Brock, go ahead and do it. Okay. And now, now people still are optimistic about San Francisco based on its system as much as it is Brock Purdy being the quarterback. Well, or same thing with Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett helping the Steelers um, stay at 500 or above and keeping the momentum for Mike Tomlin as head coach for the Steelers because the system's in place. The standard is the standard. I just think you don't out-dumb the room. If you have someone that you feel that you can mold and shape, then stick with Justin Fields and build around his skill sets. He was able to do some good things. There's some question marks, but there were some good things that he did. So, yeah, you pick up the phone and, and find out what people are interested in, but I still stick with Justin Fields for me. So that is a shot to at least inquire about what it would take. Shay. This next question is sure to make Cap happy. The Jacksonville Jaguars were last year's version of the Chicago Bears with a young QB in a bad situation, and the result was being the worst team in the league and getting the number one pick in the draft. The Jags followed that up by winning nine games. In fact, three of the five teams that picked in the top five last year also won nine games. Shot or no shot, the Bears can follow that path and win nine games next year. That's a no shot. Their roster is the worst in the NFL in one offseason doesn't undo that. Now, again, could you have a pop-up, as our friend Mark Silverman likes to call it? He coined a beautiful phrase. Certainly anything can happen. Remember, 01, they went, what, 13-3? and three? Sure. And then went right back down in the crapper again. We saw that in 2018. They went 12-4 and four and haven't come close since. But I do not see a scenario where they win at least nine football games next year. I don't. No, that's, that's a no shot. And I can put the Bears to the side. You predicated on what you see in the in the NFC North, Cap. Because if you feel like the Lions and the Vikings will take another step, and it, we'll see what happens with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, at least three teams are better than you in the division. That's going to hold you down from even getting to an eight or nine win mark. Detroit is an ascending team. We saw that before the season. There were a lot of people. The Bears aren't finishing behind Detroit. No, they're going to finish a billion games behind Detroit. And they have two more number one picks, one in. What number is Detroit picking next? I think it's, I have to check quickly. I think it's like 8 and 18 or something. So they're going to add two really good players, or they're going to be able to package it and trade up to get another star. Aiden Hutchinson's a beast. Detroit actually has uh, 6 and 18. 18. 6 and 18. So they're going to get at least two more good players, and they have cap room. So people think they're going away. I don't see it. Now, is Aaron retiring? Walking away from all that money? I don't know. At the very least, the Lions and Vikings will have something to say in the NFC North. Correct. To hold the Bears down. Because you got to beat those teams in your division, too. So I would say uh, that's a no shot. Shay? All right, the Bears will have plenty of decisions to make this offseason. One of those is going to be with what to do with David Montgomery. Monty ran for 800 yards and five touchdowns on the ground this year. He's a free agent this offseason. Shot or no shot. The Bears need to re-sign Monty. That's a shot if the deal is right. I think Jonathan said it last week. If he wants to be here, I'm not asking him to take some lousy deal. If they're fair with him and he's fair with them, 
shot, but that list of free agent running backs, pretty damn impressive if you outprice yourself. Yeah, I, I, it's a shot for me. I'm a Montgomery fan because he cares. Uh, and he understands he's been in a tough situation with this Bears team, but every time he has the football, it's almost like his last cap. He's like, I'm, whatever happens, I'm going to run as hard as possible. I appreciate that. You know what it is with this Bears team, but yet he continues to play hard. So I'm sure they can come to an agreement. Hopefully they'll meet a middle ground and they can be able to uh, keep Monty around. If not, I can understand. It's a price of business. It could be the Khalil Herbert show. Who knows? Could be. So, I mean, but I like Montgomery on this team. So hopefully that is a shot. Shape. Sticking with free agency, the Bears will also have to do something at the wide receiver position. One option is the Patriots' Jacoby Myers, who's probably the best wide receiver available in this free agent class. The Patriots' offense was arguably the worst in football with Matt Patricia at the helm, and yet Myers was still able to catch nearly 70 passes for over 800 yards. So shot or no shot, the Bears should sign Jacoby Myers. How much is that going to cost? Yeah, what's the cost? Fifteen million a year, maybe. Okay, so let's take a, take a step back before we answer that question. Then we'll answer it together. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you and I will go over the threshold and answer it together. But we got to take a step back first. Okay. So, Cap, with this cap space that the Bears have, and they got tons of money to, to spend. Now, because you have tons of money to spend, how much do you spend? Right. This is not a uh, the Cubs scenario, right? Where it's like. Hey, you got money to spend, and you won't spend it until you are ready to spend it on Darby Sw- on uh, Swanson, Dansby, Dansby yeah. Swanson. Yep. So, so Cap, how much do you spend? What what do you spend it on? Right? Should it be a wide receiver, someone to help Justin Fields right away? Is that line help? Your defense is a sieve. It's it, it's, it's one of the worst defense that I've seen in my lifetime, as far as them not being able to get to the quarterback, making business decisions against the Lions a couple weeks ago. Like you know, this Bears team needs help. So how much are you willing to spend on a wide receiver? And are you ready to win with said wide receiver? Correct. And why is he leaving New England? If he's such an impactful player, it's not like their wide receiver room is filled with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and uh, Tyler Boyd. Mm -hmm. Why would he leave there after four years? His first two years, he didn't catch a touchdown pass. He had two last year and six this year. So $15 million a year for that? Fifteen million. I mean, you can't hold the touchdown receptions against him. The offense was horrible and the worst in football in the red zone, in large part because of play calling and the quarterback. That might be a reason he wants to leave. By the way, Mac Jones. I, I will just Who? tell you, Mac Jones. Who? I just also Belichick historically does not pay those guys. I would just be very concerned taking guys who Bill Belichick let walk out the door, Mike Tomlin let walk out the door. Like, you just gave up the last pick in the first round for Chase freaking Claypool, who's got to prove a lot to me that that was a smart deal. So before we do, we're going to dive headlong into the shot or no shot, I want to get perspective first. So based on everything we laid out, you know, are you ready to spend through the nose for a wide receiver based on your cap space? That guy comes from New England. So I'll say no shot for now for on that, on that particular play. I'm going to absolutely jump on his shoulders and go with him. Exactly what he said. Yeah. I, I wanted to just lay that out first because, man, you see all this money. Well, well who are we going to spend it on? And who's going to get, like, you want to make sure it's on quality. Not saying that he's not, but you just got to figure out, okay, so you're with the Patriots and now Belichick can't use you. So what's the problem with you? Correct. Hmm. 
it makes you wonder, right? Correct. I'm not saying that I want the Bears to get a wide receiver because I want Justin to be able to have rapport with someone besides Darnell Mooney. But it's interesting that he'd be available off of the all-time great Bill Belichick. I, do, I have a take about Belichick and wide receivers, but I think we're up against it if we want to get to it after. Uh, 10.05. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> well, just it's sticking with this conversation because if the Bears are going to go, two of two or three of the wide receivers available are from the Patriots. So, if you're going to get a wide receiver, probably going to get one who played on the Patriots. All right. Should the Bears be breaking the bank for receiver help this off season? We'll take more of your phone calls coming up. Three one two three three two ESPN three three two three seven seven six is our phone number. Let's get your phone calls in because the Bears have the number one overall pick. The new era Bears are here on Chicago's Home for Sports. Captain Jay Hood. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN one thousand Chicago. Captain Jay Hood are back. On Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Now, Courtney Cronin, Double C, Bears Insider, and Irish Dancer. I was an Irish dancer, probably like 10 to like 13. Takes you into Hallis Hall on Cap'n J Hood. It's a Bears Monday with Cap'n J Hood on ESPN 1000. And streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. We turn to Courtney Cronin, who covers the Chicago Bears like a blanket for ESPN Chicago. She joins us here on ESPN 1000. Good morning, Courtney. Morning, guys. How are we? Double C. Oh, it's a Bears victory Monday for some because the Bears have secured the number one pick in the draft. Um, Look, before we get there, you put out there first the 2023 opponents for the Bears, AFC West, NFC South, along with the division uh, could you go through the uh, what you tweeted, home and away? Yeah, so the it all came down to that Rams game last night to determine whether it was going to be the Rams or the Cardinals. That was the final spot we were waiting on because we knew that they had the AFC West and the NFC South. So, And then some of the crossover games were same-place finishers in the AFC North, which is Cleveland, and then um, the Cardinals in the, in, the, uh, um, in the NFC West. So home games are... Packers, Lions, Vikings, and the, then the NFC South rivals that come to town. So Falcons, Panthers, AFC West are Broncos, Raiders, and then the same place NFC West finishers, the Cardinals, because they finish fourth. The away games, Lions, Vikings, Packers, the two AFC West games, Chiefs, Chargers, NFC South, Bucks, Commanders, and um, Saints. Cleveland. Saints, excuse Cleveland. me. Yeah, mm-hmm. Saints. And then, yeah, Saints, Bucks, Commanders, and then Cleveland. So that they have nine away games, eight home games next year. Huh, seven and ten. <laughs> I mean, depending <laughs> upon what they do with this roster, I, I, I don't think that, I mean, that should be the floor, right, for next year? <laughs> the absolute floor? How about that, Cap? Yeah, again, Courtney, we, we were talking about it. I don't want to be, you know, Debbie Downer here because everyone's celebrating and this is a victory Monday because the Bears have the worst record, so they get the top pick. And it's cool. They haven't done this since 1947. This is a new era with team president. Stadium deal should be closed by the end of this calendar year. You think you have your quarterback. You're picking at the top of the draft. You have double the cap space of anyone in the NFL. All good things. But if you look at that schedule again, and it depends how healthy these teams are when you play them and when you play them, there's not a ton of guaranteed victories on there right now. No, there's not. And I mean, as we saw last night, 
this Lions team is legit. I mean, you go into a game with nothing to play for because right right before you take the field, you find out that Seattle, you know, eliminates you from postseason contention, and they still played like that. And of course, some people are going to look at the ejection of Quay Walker there at the end of the what was it, the third quarter and say, well, that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back for the Packers defensively, and then the Lions went down and scored. I don't know. I. I don't know whether we put that much stock into that other than the Lions played really hard. And they're not – the division isn't getting any easier. The Vikings are still where they're at right now. The Lions are continuing to progress. And who knows what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers and his future beyond this season. But it's – I mean, I would say the Falcons, the Panthers, the Raiders of the – and, I mean, the Cardinals because they're not going to have Kyler Murray next year probably by the time that they play. Who knows? But – those are, you know, four games right there. And, I mean, the Bron- I think the home schedule is going to be easier than the away schedule. I really do. Because you drew a good matchup having the Broncos and the Raiders at Soldier Field. But, I mean, again, this team is still – I mean, they're 3-14 and 14 this year. You don't – I just think it's kind of mad, not going to be like this magical thing where you go from 3-14 and 14 to, you know, first in the NFC North. They've still got a ways to get there, but – Everything that came out of this season, there's a lot of good, a lot of like in terms of like the development and the progress that you saw with quarterback Justin Fields and certain other players that you know will be part of this group going forward. But there's still a lot of unknowns, and now it's the chance, and now the hard part starts. I mean, the fact that they lucked their way into this number one pick because their game ends, and then it's about five, six minutes later the Houston game ends, and they get the number one pick. Now the work begins where you get to really judge Ryan Poles as an evaluator and as a decision maker because all you know, majority of this roster this year was all guys on one-year contracts. When we go to locker cleanout today, this is probably going to be the last time we see a majority of this roster. Next year's a different case, though, because they're going to have money to spend. They're going to have the draft resources available to them, and they're going to get to actually start building after the teardown is now complete. How do you evaluate uh, Matt Eberflus as head coach, Courtney? I mean, after all this losing, this is his first year as well. And so I guess in your gut, does he feel like a placeholder or the guy when the Bears are good? Yeah, I mean, they... They made a commitment to him in polls, and I think that that's something, he was asked about it last week, where you go into the season knowing that you don't have to win. I mean, if you did, that would be gravy, but it's it's a situation with Eberflus where I don't, again, I don't know if you truly get to evaluate him beyond what we know about the season and what the season was for. It was for building something. It was for establishing what he likes to call that foundational floor. Now, can they carry that over to next year? Sure. And, and I think that that's where you can truly judge him as a coach, when you have the pieces in place for a defense that was completely undermanned this year. And he talked about it yesterday that he could feel after Ryan Poles traded Robert Quinn and um, – Roquan. Roquan Smith. And obviously before that with Khalil Mack, like you could feel that on the defensive side of the ball. Like, and that was something that he said took several weeks to kind of get over. But the fact that he was able to kind of keep this unit together the best he could, obviously the result did not look great. And certainly, you know, yesterday was whatever. You had replacement-level players playing. Like, let's call that what it was. And guys that are probably not on this roster, or at least not in any starting capacity next year. But to me, the, the one that sticks out the, as, like, the worst one that's kind of where you kind of have some question marks is that Lions loss two weeks ago just because of the way that the guys played and the way that, the, you know, it just felt like there were either coaching points that were being missed or guys just not 
wanting to to execute based on effort and things like that. And I don't know if that completely reflects on the coaching. I think he did the best he could this season with, you know, the short straw. Again, like it's not, you can't judge people on that when they were set up to not win this year. I think it's you know, the fact that he kept this group together. They established something. Guys were falling back to the hits principle when things things were going wrong, and, and you can feel that in the locker room too. Like the, the the heartbeat of this team didn't slow down at all when things got really tough. Nobody wants to end the season on a ten game win, a ten game losing streak, but I think that there is that confidence that. The worst part of 2022, the worst part of the season is finally behind them and that they can turn their attention to next season because things are looking up. So, Courtney, as you look at the roster, you're there every single day. How many different players are going to be on the offensive line, the starting offensive line? How many receivers do they need? How many defensive players do they need? What are we looking at here in terms of an overhaul? Because there is an expectation from a lot of the fan base that I follow on social media, talking with Shay, they can get this thing turned and win nine games next year. And I just think the, it's the worst roster, but you have the best possible scenario for this new era of Bears football. No, you do, and that's that's important to remember that they do have a lot of resources available to them. And this offseason should be really busy. Now, like... You know, what is that going to look like? Because you have this number one pick. He should be open for business from now until April 27th and first night of the draft and trying to figure out what do you do with that pick? How much how many resources can you can you pull out of a team if you decide to trade back? Of course, he's also going to have to consider, Ryan Poles, that is, what, if you want to stay at number one and what you would do with that. But to your point, Cap, of how many, re, how many spots they have to fill still on this team, it's a lot. Like, I know that this was the teardown year, rip it to the studs to start building. Well, you had to have players play. Like, you had to get somebody to – you had to field a, field a team. And that's what they did, but that doesn't mean that this is the group at all that's going to go forward next year. So let's start with the offensive line. I think you have, at minimum – two new starters there and potentially a third and I think center is the first place that you look there whether it's Lucas Patrick if he's healthy um, because we didn't really get to see him this year I I think it's either him back there or someone else Riley Reef was here on a one-year deal do you want to resign him do you want to look somewhere else do you potentially want to draft a a Peter Skaronsky or you know the, the Paris Johnson kid and potentially move Braxton Jones over to right tackle. I think there's a lot of moving parts there. The offensive line is not set by any stretch, and we know that that's going to require a bunch of attention. I think you have four new starters across the board on the defensive line. I really do. I think that, you know, Al-Kadeen Muhammad's here. It wasn't a great season. Maybe he sticks around because he does have the, the connection with Matt Eberflus from Indianapolis. Maybe a change in the scheme tweaks to it can change things but I think you have four new starters up front and then at receiver they've only got four guys under contract going into next year so again another overhaul in that room I think that you have to pull off a trade though I don't think the Bears can sit idly and say well there's free agency and then there's the draft this draft unlike other years guys is not loaded with wide receiver talent where you can pick up somebody in the fourth round and expect that person to be an immediate contributor it doesn't look like that this year the strength of this draft is the defensive line group. So they can feel confident turning there if they want to to address that need. But I think for receiver, like look look at see who's in a situation right now who might not want to be there, i.e. a DeAndre Hopkins in in Arizona, to mm-hmm. think about guys that you could potentially bring in here via trade, not have to maybe move that many draft assets, but somebody that you can 
expect to be an immediate impact player because they didn't have that among anyone in the receiver group. Even when Mooney was was healthy, he wasn't in, he wasn't like this number one presence. You need that, and I don't know if they're going to find it in free agency or the draft. And I think a trade could potentially be on the table for them to consider to do that. How do we evaluate Ryan Poles and also a look into the NFC North with Courtney Cronin as we talk to her about the Chicago Bears on Chicago's Home for Sports. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. Cap and Jay Hood are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Captain Jay Hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000 on the ESPN Chicago app. Chris Black will be in for Greeny at 10. Carmen Yurko at 12. It'll be Waddle and Sylvie. Sylvia's back, 2 to 6. And it'll be Meller and uh, Tyler in for Black and Abdallah from 6 to 6.30 right into the national championship game as Georgia defeats TCU. You can hear that game right here on Chicago's Home for Sports. 312-332-3776 is our phone number. You already got your bet down for tonight, Tal? I do not. I have nothing on the game tonight. You I will. will, but not right now. Are you still studying? I am. Okay. You don't study no more, pal. Uh, George is going to win the game. Now, I'm Kirk Herbstreet in this regard where I can't tell you because I'm watching the game and my heart is with Georgia, but I would tell you they're going to win. Now, you could do, you'd handle the rest of it on your own, but if you need a money line bet. I'm looking to see if Chris's friend, the Fat Jack, has sent me his pick yet. He's awesome. The Fat Jack is really, really good. Um, I don't think he... Oh, yes, here we go. Go dogs. The Fat Jack predicted final score. Dogs, 41. Oof. TCU, 26. Best play, over 63. Lean, Georgia minus 13 and a half. Hmm. There you go. Now, I'm Kirk The Herb- Fat Jack. I'm Kirk Herbstreet. I can't tell you because I can't make a pick on the game. Uh, but I will tell you some tendencies. Georgia has a tendency to win national championships. That's the tendency I can give They've you. They've won one in the last 40 years. And in the Carter administration. Yeah. And two. One. They have a tendency. Didn't they lose to Al- Who'd they lose to? Alabama. Alabama. Uh, that go- was the Tua game. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. I've all, I think I've almost forgotten that game. <laughs> the it's national it. championship makes me not remember those uh, negative times. Uh, but, hey, for me, keep it in the family, in the SEC family, whoever wins. That's how I rationalize it. Just exactly. It, well, keep, at least the conference one. Yeah, the conference one. <laughs> when, I, when I shake Abdallah's hand, congratulations. Like, oh, it's in the family. That's fine. Like if Max Duggan goes out tonight and just balls, that's, would that shock you? That's likely. Yeah. I've been afraid of him for a few weeks now. He's, like, got all the qualities that you could see in a post-game interview. Quality dude. That's that is right there the equivalent of someone from Council Bluffs that gives no F's. Correct. <laughs> You're doesn't. playing Georgia, so <laughs> I'm scared. Kid's a beast. Uh Deerfield, Zach's out of ESPN one thousand. All right, Zachary. How's it going, guys? What's um, up, Zach? So I just had what's up? Um so two scenarios. Uh I've got the, do you do you think we should draft just Bryce Young as just like a pawn to say, well, should we move? Should we move him, or should we actually evaluate him? So that was like my first scenario. You or mean you, you, you wait, said wait, wait, pro, pronouns, pal? Who's him? You talking about Fields? 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, well, Fields and Bryce Young. So you're so saying have we, both of them? On, no, because then you're painted into a corner. You're not going to keep both. Yeah. No, absolutely. I thought that I thought that was the first scenario. Is that might be a little bit of a waste of time. Um, but my second thing is, do we take the Eagles approach and go out and get a like a premier wide receiver, like an AJ Brown? So. Not him particularly. I was thinking more along the lines of like a DK Metcalf or a Devontae Adams because Metcalf is a, I mean, it's a worldwide talent and wouldn't want to waste a guy like that. And Devontae Adams, I mean, Derek Carr's buddy being out the door soon. He's already um, come out two- and said that he is interested in staying in Vegas, that he wanted to play there. Yes, he's sad about his buddy, but he came out last week and said, I don't want to leave here. That's A. B. Seattle is in the playoffs. They just signed DK Metcalf to a monster extension. Correct. They're not trading him. Why would they do that? Right. You know what it is, is everybody saw the Titans go nuts and not value A.J. Brown. Their general manager got canned for that because A.J. Brown's tap dancing in their end zone. So you have to hope a team is stupid enough to do that. It takes two to tango, and everybody's like, well, you got the number one pick. You can throw this out and fetch something. But you need a team to also be really stupid and take your bait. Now time for the Cap and J-Hood Cut of the Day, brought to you by... Chicago Cut Steakhouse. It's my favorite restaurant in town. Yo. Yes, it's boring, but it's a sport. Oh! Whatever. Cut it. It's not boring. Okay, then you're boring. All right, cut! So that, they have nine away games, eight home games next year. Huh, seven and ten. I mean, depending upon what they do with this roster, I I, oh, I don't think that. I mean, that should be the floor, right, for next year, the absolute floor. Yo, yes, it's boring, but it's a sport. Oh, whatever. Cut it. It's not boring. Okay, then you're boring. All right, cut. Meatball Bears fan. Bop 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 bop. By the way, try the burger if you want a good lunch. Try the burger at Chicago Cut. It's incredibly good. How about the meatball? <laughs> the meatball? Yes, the meatball. That's me. All right, this is, I saw this game. Ah, You're a very lucid, well-thought-out reason, man, except for tonight. You will be out of your mind. I tried to get a hold of you to give you amazing news. My guy's the sportscaster of the year for the pitch and hit call. Wouldn't take the call during the semifinal. I'm like, it's important. Nope. My health at that point was more important than your call. If you didn't know why I was calling... Need a call. Nope, porcelain god was more important in that spot. Yeah, you were hurt. Uh, bad lobster in, in Peoria. Yeah. Didn't go well. <laughs> that didn't go good for me. Lobster and Peoria don't go well together. <laughs> we thank you for listening and being part of the program here on ESPN 1000. This beer is Monday. Chris Black is coming up next for Cap as Jay Hood. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Shay. Thank you, Johnny. We'll see you tomorrow at 7. So long, everybody. Take that. Rubbish for Kogo.